Welcome back to day 11 of the Stars Lockdown Conversations podcast. We're going to be chatting to you every day about your lockdown experiences. Today I'm joined by Mark Asquith, CEO and co-founder of podcast tech company Rebel Base Media. Mark, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. Well, I should just say Mark and I go way back. If anybody's listening from Barnsley, we actually met when a night out and walkabout was the ultimate way to pass a Saturday. So wow. I, I realise walkabout probably isn't your pub of choice anymore, but are you missing going to the pub in 2020? <laughs> it's just kind of funny, like, because... It's weird, isn't it, with Barnsley in particular, because it's just started to get decent again. Like, you know what it's like coming from town and, and Adam's the same. Like, he has these little swings through where it's crap and then it's not for pubs. Yeah. And like now it's just, it was just getting back on its feet and then COVID came along. It's like, nah, yeah. we're going to close it all down. So it's been, it's been weird, but I'm, I'm definitely missing, and you and, uh, you and Adam will, will appreciate this as well, like being, being a little bit older than we were back in the walkabout days. A smidge, like, a smidge. Only a tiny bit, but... I'm missing like the chilled out kind of pub trips, you know, like the four or 5 a.m. finishes. I probably only do one of them every year and that's at a push and it's normally we had them. So it's like a tough, it's a tough thing because I was just getting into this acceptance of thinking, do you know what? It's all right to go out at midday and come back at 11 p.m. I'm now that person. And suddenly it was just taken away from me. Although I will say when the pubs came back, and it was table service. I was like, because I'm a bit older now, I was like, this is actually all right. I'm all right with this. <laughs> yeah. They can stay like this forever. This so I am missing it. I know, I know, me too. I think, to be honest, I'm just missing seeing faces um, and, and people in the flesh. It's It's been such a strange year. And obviously, I know you've got family kind of dotted around South Yorkshire as well that you often spend a lot of time with. How are you finding not being able to see nieces and nephews and things in person? Yeah, it is kind of odd. We were talking about it just, just off air, weren't we? Just about like this this whole... Um, like you kind of never know what you can do until you can't do it. So we were away, Sam and I were away at the beginning of the year for, we were booked in for nearly three months and we had to cut it short by, by about three weeks. Um, and that was during the time where we could see people, you know, so it was like those two months where we were able to see people, um, we were away and we were conferencing and we were doing the things that we do for work. So, you know, all that family time has kind of been missed because we were just thinking, well, of course we've, it's, it's just back to normal when we get home. Um, so it has been really weird, like missing birthdays. Um, mm. And like, it was my birthday during lockdown, the first lockdown, it's Sam's birthday during this lockdown. Um, and then it was like my grandmother's 90th and, and, and my, uh, my dad's 60th. But thankfully the 60th came in August. So we were able to do something at least, you know, albeit a little bit muted. But yeah. it, it's just been weird because you, you really... You, you kind of really don't, I know it's cliche, like you don't know what you've got until it's gone, but you, like this year's really just hammered that home for everyone. You just don't realize how much you take for granted the conversations that you have and the, you know, the little lunches or the dinners that you have with people. And it's, when it's not there, that's the thing that you realize that, that you miss, even though you don't appreciate it when it's there. So I think a lot of people, they'll probably see this year as a bit of a, a, a bit of a inflection point, a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a change of direction or the opportunities change direction and not take things for granted. But I mean, that's, that's the, the that's the optimist speaking. <laughs> I think you're right though. I think there has to be in a, in a year with so much negativity, we've kind of, you know, this coined this phrase pockets of positivity, you know, you have to find these little pockets of positivity. Otherwise it's all just a bit much and you're right. Maybe resetting the clock a bit and kind of making us take, realize that it's important to take the time, you know, to book in those lunches and to have that, after after work drink that maybe in the past we thought oh you know time's a bit short we'll leave it till another time 
So it is, you know, I think it's uh, it has been a bit of a reset for everybody. And you're talking about March, which seems so long ago now. Um, but yeah, if we, we go back there a little bit, I know you and Sam, you've been away traveling, you travel a lot for work, which we'll, we'll come back to. Uh, you were just back in the UK and obviously we went into full on lockdown. How did you find that? Well, it was actually quite terrifying for us. For us. So we, yeah. we, went, um, we went over to Los Angeles for an event um, and we, we always go a little bit early. So we always go maybe five days, six days early. Hmm. So we can acclimate, you know, when you are, when, when you're on an eight hour time difference and you've got, then got to go and work. Um, and conferences, the, the conferences that we do, like they're long days, you know, you'll get up, you'll exhibit or you'll speak. And then, you know, there's always the, the mixers and, and that's where the real kind of work happens when you're doing the mixers and the events at the end of the night. So we always go quite early to acclimate. So we got out to LA and it was, it was, it was interesting to just be there and just have these little rumblings of this thing happening in Wuhan, which was called, you know, this, this new coronavirus. I don't even know if we'd even heard the phrase COVID-19 at that point. It was just this new coronavirus. Um, and so we did, we did these two events in, on the West Coast and we, we, it was great. So then we went, went out to Orlando for, which was actually early March. So we went to Orlando in early March um, and we did another event with the intent of flying back to San Diego. So now, fast forward to, to the beginning of March, we did this event. Everyone's still shaking hands. Everyone's kind of still hugging, doing the same thing. Um, shaking and hands. Remember that? Yeah, it was, it's weird, isn't it, to think about it now. <laughs> but, you know, back then it was like, well, you know, it's kind of in America, but it's kind of not. So everyone's kind of a little bit, well, it doesn't really matter. So that week, we then got the the news that 17 people in Florida, the entire state of Florida had got COVID. And that, even then everyone was thinking, well, actually maybe we should take this a little bit seriously. So at that point, we got on a plane back to San Diego. And within that three day period, so we flew out on, I think the Tuesday, um, <clears throat> we had a night in a hotel before we could check back into the Airbnb on the Wednesday. The Thursday, Sorry, no, the Wednesday, we actually got into the apartment that we'd rented mm -hmm. in San Diego, went to Walmart, and the shelves were bare. Like, what? bare. Everything was gone. There was no hand sanitizer. There was no soap. There was no toilet roll. There was no kitchen roll. There was nothing at all sanitary. In, and I'm talking, this is a huge Walmart in San Diego. So we were thinking, oh, crap. That's when it became real. because, And I can remember it vividly. I'm stood next to Sam with this massive trolley of stuff that we got for this this month in san diego for these two other conferences and we we had this massive trolley and just as a, just as we were about to check out the notification popped up saying the uk had banned flights out of the uk and we were just like oh my god right so we left the trolley got a couple of bits for the next couple of days and then spent the entire next day debating what to do like is it as serious as it looks is it not is it blown out of proportion is it not we made the decision really second guessing ourselves to to book a flight on the thursday to come back on the saturday and we bought the last flight out of san diego it was the only flight taking off from san diego airport and we got it for about 600 quid so the reason i say that becomes important in a, in a second um so we got this flight second guessing still even at the airport thinking what have we done why have we done this like we should be all right but then Two things happened. Number one, we got the notification that the flight prices had gone up from £600, uh, £600 for the couple we got it. So we got 300 quid each. 
Mm. We got a notification that the flight prices had gone up to two grand per person. No. So thanks, BA. Yeah, BA were real, real asses with it. Um, oh, I can't believe that. It was terrible. The person next to us, which again, I'll get to in a sec, because like, I know it's a really long-winded answer, but it's a fascinating tale. Oh, and is. then the second thing that happened was, um, like, I remember we, we had this, um, this St. Patrick's Day parade like this. San Diego's got this, this Fifth Avenue, a little bit like New York, where um, it's, it's just this, it's, it's the street of bars. It's, it's a fantastic place, like an amazing place. And it's a, they do this huge St. Patrick's Day event. And it's, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's the revenue for some of those bars for the entire year. Yeah. And they cancelled it, the entire thing. And they've never done that before, ever, in all the history of San Diego. And, you know, people losing millions in revenue and they cancelled it. So those two things we were like, no, we've definitely made the right decision. Got on the plane, thinking about this now, the plane was packed. Like there was no sanitizer. We were sat next to each other, um, sat next to a stranger. Um, no masks on, no even, you know, no even thought of masks from, yeah. from the staff. And no one knew what to do. And this, you know, this, this lady next to me. Uh, she said she'd paid 2400 for her flight home um, and got back. And this, almost the day that we got back, um, it was locked down. We got back on the Wednesday, because of the time difference, we got back, sorry, on the Sunday night. Oh, I see. So it was announced on the Monday. Yeah, and it was announced on the Monday, and then we went into lockdown on the Saturday, I think. So it was this really weird time and it was terrifying like to get back to it. So we'd just recruited someone in. So we just recruited Pierre, one of our devs. Mm -hmm. um, Ed had just started with us on one of the other products. And we literally just had to say to them, look, we, I'm sorry, we, we, we have no office now. So we just, we'd, we'd started these new staff. We'd just come back from the States all jet lagged. It was like this really scary time because no one knew what was going on. And then of course, to hit the UK with no toilet roll, no rice, no flour, no pasta, no supplies. Um, it was terrifying. It was really weird. So yeah, that's a very long-winded answer. But I just like these stories are just fascinating. I think during that time, like everyone's oh. got their own story of that. But yeah, it, it, it was quite scary to be honest. That is, that's terrifying. There's a couple of point points when you're talking there, like literally the hairs on my arm stood up because it kind of brings it back. And you do those little things. Like I remember walking into you know the local shop, or sort of you know maybe a week into lockdown, and seeing there was you know no vegetables, no meat, and thinking it was not knowing, wasn't it? It was not knowing what was going to happen. Were people going to respect the the process of lockdown? Were people going to start looting? You know, were, were we going to have food shortages? All those things, which luckily didn't happen, um, but it, it makes you kind of realise how delicate everything is. It's really really scary time. But one of the, the cool things with that, that that I found really interesting is that, um, so, you know, back in lockdown, you could do your, your one piece of outdoor exercise. Yeah. Um, so Sam and I walk into town, like we used to live, live much close to town, as you know, in, in Barnsley. Mm -hmm. um, and we could, <clears throat> excuse me, we could walk up into, into Barnsley town center. And I remember going up one of the days during lockdown. It was the first day that I'd been in and some of the market stores were still open to their credit. And, you know, there were social distancing and we got some veg and some fruit and some bread and all that sort of stuff. Um, but all throughout this entire period, the tannoy system in Barnsley Town Centre is on telling people not to get close, that there's a virus. And like this is on a tannoy in a town centre that is dead. And, you know, there's maybe 50 people in the entire town centre, which is not any level of people at all. 
but you just think what the hell like it's a this is like some post-apocalyptic mm. don't go outside there's a virus all over the tannoy and it was just the most bizarre terrifying yet interesting thing ever just unbelievable really it was i mean we actually recently i'm sure you've done the same everybody i know has watched the film contagion on netflix <laughs> yeah that an outbreak classic it's like watching a documentary it's mad it is. if you've not seen it i highly recommend anybody go and watch it because it is it's just fascinating i'm sure they actually use the word covid or something similar at one point they use so, coronavirus they use they use novel and coronavirus and they use um some of the things that we're so used to now just shows like the pandemic playbook like they they're using social distancing the importance of masks like they say all those things and you just think what the heck am i watching i know i'm kind of watching the film to see how it ends because i'm thinking well i'm guessing whatever happens to them is going to happen to us next so i'll i'll tune in but it's exactly. uh, <laughs> Such a weird, weird time. I mean, what do you do in those moments? Obviously, you're working from home. You and Sam, your, your partner, you work together. So you're both working from home. What what kept you sane? Was it getting out for a walk? Was it waking up every day and showering and getting ready for work? Or were you one of those people dusting in the PJs, finding it quite difficult? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I'll be completely honest. Like Sam and I were thrust into living together. So Sam moved into my old place um, back up in town um just because it was that or not see each other and you know it was it was um was it pretty patel or someone that just said well now's the time to test a relationship and we were like yeah all right fine we'll do that um and then we ended up you know we ended up moving house kind of during it um and it was it was hard like it was really hard like like everyone can be total tools like i'm a tool when i'm grumpy and everyone can be and I, so I, I find it really tough to adjust like I'd lived on my own now for maybe four or five years or or, or probably a little bit less than that but I'd kind of just become acclimated to that yes and and it was it was weird because then Sam moves in and like like don't get me wrong like I am a grumpy old sod <laughs> and like I can be a total tool completely like I'm totally self-aware of how much of an ass I can be so <laughs> Like I was being that ass and I'm just like, why am I being a total tool? And it's because it was just such a massive adjustment. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we'd get ready for work. We'd, we'd, we'd set the studio up at home because we, 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 we do a lot of video and obviously audio stuff. We had to set the studio up at home in terms of video stuff. Um, but all of, all the while, like poor Sam's adjusting to living with me. I'm like trying to adjust to living with her and just like, frankly, just being a tool and, and she's coping with it all. And it was this really tough period. Yeah. And I think... Like it's this real test of a relationship. Um, and even now, like when we've moved into, we've moved into a new place and it's, it's kind of a, it's the same now during this lockdown. I can even feel myself now being a tool sometimes because, because it's difficult. It's stressful. Like everyone that paints this really nice picture, it is really, really hard. And I think the reason that I, the reason it's nice to be honest about that is because there's so many people struggle with it and think they're getting something wrong if everything's not perfect. Um, and I think lockdown and, and, and being thrust into 24-7 with people that, you know, you can completely want to spend every single day with them. But when you actually spend every single day with them 24-7, it does become difficult. And I think it's really important to understand that that's all right. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just our human nature is not to be with someone 24-7. Exactly. Um, not in force, well, that was, behind, you know, in the same four walls day in, day out. I mean, even, you know, established relationships. My husband and I have been married five years now. Obviously, Adam's one of your, your closest friends. Um, and it's it's tough. We, we kind of had that conversation very early on where we said, look, we don't know how long this is going to last. We've got a six-year-old running around. 
we kind of made a deal. Look, there might be a time where I just need to say, look, I just need to be on my own. I'm going to go up to that room. Don't follow me. Just just kind of leave me to, to my own uh, quiet for a, a little while. And I think it, it has to be okay to do that. I think you have to be able to say to the other person, I just need a bit of time alone. Because it is such yeah. a strange, bizarre situation we found ourselves in. But yeah, I mean, the ultimate test. God, the ultimate test of a relationship. And as you said, you actually moved house in lockdown, which is something else we've been trying desperately to do. How did you manage that? How do you manage to property hunt, view homes, and and relocate during everything else that's going on? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't easy. I'm um, so impressed. <laughs> well, I mean, the one there's a lot of when you run a when you run a company, it's it's weird because like everyone sees it as quite a rosy thing, um, and like oh, you know, they're self-employed, they can do what they want, and it's not. It's really tough. Like you know what that's like um, working with Adam and, and and how much he works, and how much you work, and how much everyone works mm-hmm. when they're working on a small business or a startup or something that they're self-employed with. Like that is exceptionally difficult to do. Um, and it's even harder in COVID. However, however, the one perk is that if you're the boss, no one can tell you not to property hunt at dinner time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was fortunate not to have anyone saying, "What are you doing on Right Move?" Um, so we just got really lucky with the property. Like we really did. We we found a couple that we that we liked, and we went to see one of them that we didn't end up liking. And and, and it was weird because we were driving home from this property up in New Mill and Sam spotted another estate agent uh, just on a board, you know, classic yeah. advertising seems to work. Um, and I remember it vividly. She was sat there. We were having a sandwich at lunchtime during this lockdown, the first lockdown. It was around um, May time, middle of May. And she found this property that we're in now. And she said, what do you think of that? I was like, yeah, it looks, that looks actually perfect. So lucky, get it booked. Let's get, let's get a viewing. Um, and we just got very lucky, you know, some of the timings worked out, but I can tell you like getting the mortgage, like I was at my wits end. I'm not a, usually too much of a stressy person, but I was like, Adam will tell you, we were talking on it. I was like, dude, I'm selling up. I, I, like, I can't cope with any of this anymore. I'm out. I'm just, the stress is too much. And that's not like me. No. Um, and getting the, um, you know, getting the mortgage was exceptionally hard because we're self-employed in COVID. Um, both of us self-employed working for the same company. So it's not like, you know, if, if one revenue stream goes away, like we're, the rug comes out yeah. from both of us. Um, and the, the, some of the financials that they were asking for and some of the things they were asking for was exceptionally tough. Um, and then even things like deposit size and, and stuff like that, like we had to make loads of concessions because they were just being, the mortgage companies were being so unreasonable. Um, and it's been super tough. Like I think what's really come to the front here is that a lot of companies, are t- I, I, I don't want to sound too harsh on them because I know they're protecting their business, but a lot of them are taking advantage of this. Yes, um, yeah. Interest rates being so low overall, but yet everyone's put their interest rate up as a mortgage lender and it's completely wrong. Like they're making money off, off, off this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so that was a really hard few weeks. I mean, probably 12, 15 weeks it took to, to, to get that all through. Oh, it's um, organizing weight, isn't it? Well, the, the funny thing was like the surveys were all right. So like everything went through fine, apart from the Kirklees Council, that, that, which is the borough that were just over the border in West Yorkshire now. So it was um, all the searches and all that stuff, all the solicitor stuff went totally fine. It was the lender like that. All of the 15 weeks was getting the mortgage approved. Um, so that was terrifying. Then you're trying to run a company as well at the same time, which is... Um, which is also really challenging, you know, when you've got, if you, you know, we run a software company in podcasting. So it's, it's, 
What's fascinating with that is that, you know, at the beginning of the, of the, the COVID lockdown, you've got people saying, well, I want it for free because we've got a lockdown and I expect you as a company to give me it for free and do the right thing. So that puts you in a really tough position because you're like, well, I kind of want to do that, but yeah. like all these people that, yeah. And all these people that, that work for me, like they still need to pay their mortgage. Um, so all of that's going on while we're moving house. And then, yeah, it, it, it's, I think I'm a lot bolder and a lot grayer than I was at the beginning of the year. <laughs> oh, that explains why the camera's off this morning. Well, you know, Sunday morning, no yeah. one wants to see this receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, obviously you say you found the property. I remember Adam telling me about the way it was, it was an agonizing way you had for the mortgage and everything to drop through, but you did it. You got the house. And in terms of actually moving, was that kind of a, quick let's you know all hands on deck and get over as quickly as we can before another lockdown and everything was harder i mean you're in now aren't you yes yeah we, we moved early october 7th of october um and yeah it pretty much was you know the um it was fascinating for us to be able to because because we were in this position where you could get six people around you know you, you could still see six people at this point yeah so it was like get family around you know we didn't even get movers like kieran ended up moving just before this lockdown he got movers to move like 200 yards which i thought was hilarious um <laughs> and we moved like 15 20 mile and just ended up getting these three vans we just threw it all in like threw it all in filled all the cars up filled all these three big vans and trucks up um got six people like family members and friends around and just literally threw it all in um what what was quite interesting was that um like a lot of the diy people that we needed doing like there's some stuff that we just couldn't do in the house that we needed to get done you know like where we needed trades people to come and help out with it they were obviously really keen to try and get it done early because they as soon as they go into lockdown, they didn't know. Thankfully, they can work, but they didn't know whether or not they could work. Um, so you'd be, you know, you'd be booking tradespeople, and they'd be like, "Well, you know, I'm absolutely packed out, but I will come and I'll get it sorted." Because you know, they didn't know if they could earn. So, like, there was all that side of it as well. But yeah, we just chucked it all in a, in three or four vans and got the move done in one day. And Sam, you know, Sam was I couldn't have packed the old house up without Sam. She's been brilliant with it. Um, and just we just got it done. It's like, it's amazing what you can, you know what it's like. It's amazing yeah. what you can get done when you've got to do it. Well, you do, that's it. And obviously, you know, within a couple of weeks of that, we're straight back into lockdown too. And apart from being um, a bit of a tool, some of the days, as you've already said, how, how are you <laughs> finding it? Yeah, it's all right. It's like I said, it's a bit weird. It's stressy. Um, you know, I think Sam and I both are, are, are kind of, um, our tethers are a little shorter and you just, you do, you, you kind of snap at each other, don't you? For, for things that you shouldn't really be doing. Yeah. And you just, you know, I think that's just a natural part of being locked down with each other. Um, and I think, you know, outside of that, it's pretty good. I mean, we're, we're fortunate because we have moved that we've got a lot of stuff that we can keep ourselves busy with. Um, and I think because a lot of places are still delivering, like, you know, for example, the weekends, we don't really do anything except DIY. So if you need a couple of bits for DIY, you still, you can still get things delivered. Um, and yeah. you can still spend the Saturday changing the locks or, you know, changing the whatever. Um, so that's been very fortunate to be able to keep ourselves busy. But I think the, on, the, on the flip side of it, you know, move to a new area um, and not really been able to do anything in that area. Not been able to look at the pubs, the restaurants and yeah. go and sample the people and the cafes and, you know, and get breakfast and stuff. We've not been able to do any of that. So it's, it's been a very different version of moving in somewhere and even not being able to 
properly introduce ourselves to the neighbors you know you drop a bottle of wine off in a card and you say hello like from three meters away and you, you got to put the bloody <laughs> the wine on the doorstep and you it's just not the same is it so there's been a lot of concessions but it, we're still in a very fortunate position to to be able to still work um Absolutely. and to be able to to be comfortable doing it so we, we, we're, we're super grateful for all of that i think it's great that you drop wine around at the neighbors in a mask that's, that's brilliant. That's like the opposite of a highwayman. I'd be delighted with that. Yeah, um, it is actually, isn't it? It's like, uh, yeah, imagine someone a couple of years ago dropping wine off at your house in a mask. You'd be like, what is going on? Get away. Am I scared? But leave the wine. Leave the wine. <laughs> um, it's great when you talk about having things delivered there because you're so right. And as a tech guy, I'm sure you must have an appreciation for how lucky we are. Not lucky. Lucky is so the wrong word. I apologise. How lucky we are in a way that this happened to us in 2020. Because if this pandemic had happened in 1995, gosh, how different would it be? You know, there would be no Amazon. There would be no Just Eat. I don't know how we would have all coped. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? What we were talking about this like during the first lockdown, and like we as people would have coped because we'd have just not done the things that are extraneous stuff. So like all the Amazon stuff, we just wouldn't have done, which is. Yeah we could probably live without that. And the just eat stuff, we'd have just cooked more, we'd have bought more stuff and we'd have just, we'd have been more present with that sort of stuff. But I think on the flip side, it would have been people's livelihoods. Like the delivery lady up at, up at Barnsley where we used to live, like we got to know her. She, like I had the most heartfelt goodbye with the Amazon delivery lady when we moved out of the house because she was like, we saw her every day, you know, within reason. And it would have been people like that, you know, as stressed as she was, she was still able to pay the mortgage and feed the kids. Um, yeah. And in 1995, she wouldn't have had that job and she probably would have been doing a job that she wouldn't have been able to continue during lockdown. Um, so yeah, you're right. For us, all the luxurious stuff and the nice stuff, the Just Eats, the Deliveroo's and the Amazons, they, don't get me wrong, they are fantastic and they keep, they keep the the mental state up a little bit when you can still treat yourself or treat your family or do whatever. Yeah. But really, you know, the people that are working in the logistics, you know, like they're the people that thankfully can still work where, like you said, in 95, they wouldn't have done, they simply wouldn't have, have, have been able to do anything. No, well, so many businesses wouldn't have been able to just, you know, switch their, their processes and their services and suddenly work from home um, and little things you know like like facetime which is in terms of keeping in touch with family throughout 2020 i don't know about for you but it's just been absolutely vital for us so yeah i'm just so grateful that we do have those things uh, and of course now we're heading into christmas christmas is unbelievably uncertain we don't know what we're going to be able to do we don't know if we're going to be able to to see people how how are you and sam approaching it are you kind of making plans and then you know you're prepared to drop them if you need to or are you just kind of holding off so there's no disappointment if things go on a bit longer than we'd like yeah good question and it's you know from our side it's we're not we're not really making many plans right now only because i think that puts because of the size of the family that we've got we've, we've got a reasonably big family um and I, I think we've been conscious to not put pressure on other people to have to make decisions and like parents you know having to worry about trying to get turkeys and all that sort of stuff just in case um but on the flip side of that, we're very fortunate to be able to say, well, look, if this does happen and, and we are allowed to do something together, we can pull it together fairly quickly. And yeah, we, you know, if we don't have a turkey, we don't have a turkey. So what? I'd rather see people than, than worry about the, the tropes of Christmas. So I think there's, we're certainly approaching it from that perspective, not to try and put pressure on people. Because, you know, the last thing I want to do is put pressure on the parents to be like, look, you know what? We're gonna, we'll probably be allowed out of lockdown. So you, you'd, you'd still better get the shopping. We'll get the turkey. We're, and... and 
I think that pressure during lockdown and that uncertainty and um, I, I just think it's like one more thing not to handle. So I think the ability to pull a Christmas together within a couple of weeks, yeah, there's going to be turkey shortages. Of course, we'll probably not get one, but it's all right. Um, so that, that's how we're approaching it. We're trying not to do too much because, um, and it's not really from a disappointment perspective. It's Like I said, it's more from that, let's just not put pressure on people and Julie because they're already dealing with stuff. And you finding 2021 is kind of the same for you? Because as we were saying earlier, you know, it's very tough at the minute to, to plan ahead. Nobody's able to say, well, you know, come March 12th, it'll all be over and we can carry on as normal. So are you finding that you're planning out your 2021 or are you, again, you're not putting too much pressure on it, you're waiting to see where everything falls? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? So I think personally, Sam and I are like, well, we should probably book some holidays just in case because, you know, otherwise there's going to be a crazy rush. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, from a work perspective, you know, most of our day-to-day offline marketing is in events in the US. And it's, you know, normally we'd have booked at least four or five of those for next year already. We've not booked anything. Um, yeah. And I think that's the big thing for us. I think we'll always book some holiday just to go out and, you know, not anything crazy, just probably like, you know, drive up to the lakes or something and do something reasonably sensible up there. But from a professional perspective, yeah, we're not touching anything because you can't, you know, if you invest something, it, it becomes really difficult. Like, there are even shows in London that are, that, that are now booking and asking for money for 2021. And we're like, well, why don't we just hang fire on that one? Um, which is very unusual for us. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of close off, going into this, well, going in, we're, what, 11 days into this second lockdown now. Uh, do you have any kind of, you know, personal mantra that you're using to kind of carry yourself through? I'm just wondering, there might be somebody out there who's, you know, in the joggers every day, all day, really struggling to get motivated. And, and maybe that's okay. But, you know, how are you approaching it? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it changes and has changed a lot. I think the key thing, with uh, like with, with people that are really struggling is to just understand that you don't have to do anything big you know right at the beginning of lockdown it was like i'm gonna learn a new language i'm gonna write 26 books and i'm gonna i'm gonna record four albums in my bedroom like you don't have to do any of that big stuff it's just what's the what's the thing that you can do that you've been wanting to do or needing to do for the last few years that you've probably not done i think it's just taking that one step that two step into that mm-hmm. um the one thing that i would say is just and it's it this is a bit easier for me to say because it's kind of the realm that I'm in, but I think just try and create something, whether that's, you know, sketching things, whether it's recording things, whether it's, you know, even just making things out of craft, just if you try and create something, I think as as small as it is, you, you get something back off that because you can see something that you've done or you can feel something that you've done and started with. So if you are struggling and you, you you know, we've all been there. If you're in the joggers and you're on the sofa watching the TV get a pen and paper and just start doodling and do something that, that just gives you one small incremental step towards doing something else. And it's really, it's really easy in it. Cause you see people like Joe, Wicks like, right, let's do this thing every day, which was fantastic during lockdown. Yeah. But that doesn't really get people started. And I think that's where the problem is. You know, that that's all right for people that have already got the, the motivation and the mental attitude and aren't struggling with anything. And they can do that, that level of intensity. But for someone that just simply can't do anything because mentally they're struggling, just do the little thing. And I, you, you've got to really just, you, you've got to understand what is your, like what's your threshold of doing something and, and, and stick to that. Not, you know, don't try and worry about what everyone else is doing. Yeah, the small steps. Take some small steps. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
Oh, that's great. Mark, thank you so, so much for coming and having this chat with us today. And I really hope that 2021 is a lovely one for you and Sam. Fingers crossed it will be for everybody. Well, thank you very much for having me and uh, all the best to uh, Adam and everyone on your side as well. Um, thank you. How is, how is the little girl six years old? This freaks me out. Oh, I know. I know. She's, she's doing so well. She's great. She's fine. She's adored lockdown because for her, it's just, you know, staying at home and baking banana bread and not having to go to school. So... Yeah, no. If if we could all that sounds like heaven. If we could all approach it like that, if we could all approach it like a six-year-old, I think we'd be fine. Ah, to be a child again. Ah. I never thought I'd say that, but it's like it's all the stuff that my dad used to say, and my mum, and now I'm now I'm saying it and meaning it. Damn it! We have been hit that age. When did that happen? Oh, to go off about. (laughs) Oh, Matt, thank you so so much. You guys stay well, and we'll speak to you really soon. Thank you very much, and you. Thank you.